they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, August the 11th, the Feast of St. Clair, St. Clair of Assisi. She was a, a follower of St. Francis. She gave up great wealth, and she founded the Poor Clare Sisters, the sisters to pray for the Franciscan priests. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy will. Thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Most Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. We ask the angels to join us here. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaot, plenis uncele et terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis. Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, hosanna in excelsis. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant that in the same spirit we may be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week we were talking about uh, true freedom, and that is that true freedom, we're truly free when we do what we were made to do. Well, God made us in his own image. In the divine image, he made them, male and female, he made them. And he made us to be images of him, to show forth the glory of God here on earth, to bring others to God by our very lives, that our lives would so reflect the glory of God that people would be attracted to God. It's not about us. It's about everyone coming to know the Lord our God. So God is our father. We talked about that. He's, he's a good father. He does all... God didn't make anything evil. He didn't make sin. He didn't make death. He didn't make disease. No, man sinned. First of all, the angels, some of the angels sinned. They rebelled against God. And then they tempted man. And man let his trust in God die in his heart. 
How many of us have let our trust in God die in our heart? We don't trust him anymore. We don't believe that he's a good father who wants what's good for us. We just complain and look at all the pain in our life or all the suffering in our life or all the, all the times that we have to give up our own will and, oh dear, do it somebody else's way and can't everybody just do it my way and, oh my goodness gracious, this is so hard and I'm tired of this and I can't do this anymore. You're right. I can't do this anymore, Lord. But you know what, Lord? You can do this in me. As Paul said, it is I who live now, not I, but Christ who lives in me. I have to die to myself in order that Christ can come to life in me, that the image of Christ can shine through me and show forth the glory of the Father. So we have this free will of God. And what is this free will of God? His will is that his creatures, man, the creatures made in his divine image, should be holy and sanctified. Holy. Be holy for the Lord your God is holy. Sanctify yourself when you come before the Lord. Wasn't that what the, the people of Israel were supposed to do before they met God in the wilderness was to sanctify themselves? And God tells them, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Well, God will make us holy if we give him the space, if we give him permission, if we trust him. Jesus told St. Faustina, it is lack of trust more than sin that keeps people from being saints. Holiness, we're all called to holiness. It's not the option of the few, it's the simple duty of us all. So we want to be assimilated to the will of God. We want to be assimilated to this holiness and sanctification, to the love and mercy which overcomes all things. In everything, we want to be the reflection of God. You know, some people say, oh, well, that's just being conformist. That's just, that's just not using, you know, you, what about your intellect? Don't you, don't you have a choice? Don't you have an intellect to think things through? And well, it's not free will. It's just, it's just saying, it's just excusing yourself and saying, well, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, God's going to do it all for me. Well, no, actually, um, we have to have the right order in everything, right? We are creatures. As long as we exist, we are creatures. We didn't make ourselves. God made us. So obedience to God, obedience to our creator is not only self-evident, but also freely willed out of love. So here's the deal. You know, just as the fact that God exists is not an article of faith. And I keep saying that and I, it's like, okay, people, you know, they're like, okay, Miss Barber, Mrs. Barber, where do you get this idea? Well, it's, it's the, um, we have it in Romans, I believe, you know, we have, um, it says that, um, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. By the way, this is Romans 1, 18 and following. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. 
Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. Their punishment, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hunger, of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. And it is the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So you can read that in Romans 1, 18 through 24. And I wouldn't say just reason, read it. I would pray over that. Really ask the Lord to sink that deep into our hearts. This God is good. And we owe it to him. We owe it to ourselves, by the way. We're his creatures. We're his children. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. But he can't give it to us if we refuse it because God made us free. You see, that's the, that's the crux of it all. We do have free will. We can choose God. But unfortunately, part of that free will is we can also reject him just as Satan rejected him. And so the thing about the difference between us and Satan is we can repent so, but please, God, we don't reject him. Please, God, we turn to him and we understand God is, he loves us. He created us out of love. This is all self-evident. You don't even need faith to know that there is a God and that he's loving. Creation shows that to us. Okay. And creation didn't just happen. Those who have faith that creation just happened on its own have more faith, but they have faith in the wrong thing than those who believe in God. <laughs> because in order, even the even the pagans in the ancient world knew if you have being, there had to be an uncreated being who made the being. So there's an uncreated being. If you have movement, there's an uncreated mover. If you have beauty, there's an uncreated beauty. If you have truth, there's uncreated truth. If man exists, he didn't come to be by himself. And anybody who thinks they came to be by themselves, check tonight and see if you have a, a, a belly button. Okay, as Bishop Sheen said, we're all connected to the past. We didn't make ourselves. Okay, so God doesn't want us to be robots or automatons. He wants us to freely love him. And who showed us the example? His own son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was obedient to the father's will to the point where he became man and now he became man as man surrendered himself up to death on the cross. Remember in Ephesians, we read that beautiful, beautiful hymn, you know, have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God a thing to be grasped, but rather emptied himself and took the form of a slave. He was born in the likeness of men and he was known to be human in a state. And it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death. Death on a cross, so that God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name, that at Jesus' name every knee shall bend, in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue proclaim, to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, but obedient unto death. So are we willing to imitate Christ in his obedience? So there's that music. We're going to take a break here. We're talking about God's will, his will for our holiness. And we're going to talk about more about obedience and joyful obedience and what that looks like. Don't go away. Please ask all your family and friends to join us here on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Please share this with all your family and friends. 
and you call 877-526-1519 to make a donation to support our program. Thank you. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, August the 11th. And Terry's not in studio with me today, but um, he's here in spirit praying for us. And I'm, he may even be listening. So hello, Terry. <laughs> so, hi, Bo. Um, so we're, we're talking about God and his, his free will. God's, God freely chose to freely create us. He didn't have to create us. God doesn't need anyone. He, doesn't need any, he didn't need any creation, but he wanted to share his life. He wanted to share his life. And so he created us to be in union with himself. And the same with the angels. The angels had to pass the test. Some of them passed it. Some of them didn't. And again, with man, we each have to choose which way we're going to go to every man there opens a, a way and ways and a way. And the high soul walks the highway while the low soul gropes the low. And in between on the misty flats, the rest drift to and fro. To every man there opens a highway and a low. And every man decides the way his soul shall go. No, I didn't write that. That was in the Legion of Mary handbook at the back of the book. I'm not sure who the author is, but maybe someone can look that up. <laughs> anyway, we're here and we're talking about God's freedom. He freely ch chose to create us to be in union with himself, to be holy, to be holy, okay, and sanctified. And he will make us holy. He will sanctify us if we give him permission. And we have to overcome our tendency towards sin. We have to renounce sin. And that's what we did in baptism, right? So God removed, in our baptism, when we were baptized, God removed the fetters that, that chained us. We were born slaves of the enemy because we all had original sin in our soul. One exception, with the Blessed Virgin Mary was, didn't have original sin. She was conceived without it. And John the Baptist was born without it. Um, so... But we all have original sin. And so we have this orientation away from God. And we also have concupiscence as a result of original sin. We have, a, a, we're, we're focused on ourselves and we just want what's good for myself. We're selfish. And so God frees us in baptism from the fetters to Satan. He frees us from that bondage because he gives, in baptism, we receive the grace of God and God's Grace comes rushing into our soul and God lives in us, but we still have the effects and that's our egoism. God can free us from that too with his grace if we're willing to give him permission. So our will now, once God frees us and gives us his grace, our will turns toward God and God is the one we were made for. So the, the intellect and the will recognize that and they desire God. But again, because of concupiscence, we have to convince our bodies to come along you know, the flesh militates against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Paul warns us. So we need to discipline our bodies, Paul says, just like runners in a race discipline themselves. We have to discipline our bodies. We have to say no to ourselves. We have to not live for self-indulgence. We have to take the opportunities to say, I surrender my will in order to do the good that God is asking me in this moment. And so when you're discussing with someone about the way to do something and you want to do it your way, you can say, well, you know, I could give this up. I could make this sacrifice and give up my way and do it the other person's way for as a sacrifice. We all think our way is better. I, that's just, you know, part of our fallen human nature. 
Even even people who aren't choleric think their way is better. So it's just part of our fallen human nature. So we can make that a sacrifice. We don't have to fight with others about it. Okay? So So if we, in, in, I'm reading, reading an article here and trying to paraphrase it, but everyone senses this, this deep longing for God, deep reaching after a good holy confession. In his gratitude, the soul wills nothing other than to remain one with the will of God and in his love. He wills this of his own free will, the soul. We're talking about the soul. By the way, the soul is feminine um, before God. And the soul wills nothing else. The soul's will is a single striving for the object of its love, a free seeking to please this love and to prove to God, to him, that the soul's own love, the soul's own love and fidelity. No reasonable person would say that such a will springs from compulsion calculation or just a mere blind, uh, unthinking obedience. Okay, the more we love God, the freer our will is. The freer our will becomes, the more we love God. That's, that's really true. It is the constant free response to the loving will of God by which everything that we carry out in prayer and in looking to God works to our good. Even if we do not do or decide the best, our will offers itself to God. Thus, our whole life becomes continuously and freely a praise and a glorification of God. And this is what we desire. We were called to be a praise of his glory, it says in one of the letters of Paul's. We're called to be a praise of his glory. Our true happiness does not lie in our expressing our own self-will and living for ourselves. No, our true happiness lies in God's will for us. Okay? You know, it, we're not going to be well if we go around drinking things like gasoline or bleach or ammonia. Even if we drink too much alcohol, if we drink uh, too much Diet Coke, if we drink too much Coke, any kind of Coke, too much sugar. You know, look at our, what is the, the um, epide epidemic of diabetes in our country because people are gratifying their taste buds. And they're not taking care of the body. They're not taking good care of the body. And it's destroying the body. We're living for pleasure. We bought into the pleasure culture. Where it's just whatever feels good for me in the moment. That's what's, that's what's good for me. That's not true. That's not the true good. That's not the ultimate good. The ultimate good is our, is our union with God. That's what we were made for. Heaven is our ultimate good. And we can begin that union with God right here on earth. That's what the saints did. That's what St. Paul's talking about when he says, I live now, not I, but Christ lives in me. It's Jesus Christ who lives in me. Yes, I still live my life in the flesh. I still have to take care of my body. I have to sleep. I have to eat. I have to, you know, take care of myself. But I'm living a life of union with God's will. That's what we're striving for, that living a life of union with God's will. So we're not going to flourish in our own self-will. And we're not going to flourish in moral permissiveness. But we're going to flourish in seeking and fulfilling God's loving plan for our lives. In living the moral law as defined by the church. The church is our mother. Mater et magister. Mother and teacher. Both, but more mother than teacher. 
and she leads her children in the way of true happiness. Everything finds its happiness and fulfillment when it reaches the goal for which it was created. Bishop Sheen used to use the example, is a pencil free when you take that pencil and use it to open a door? No, if you take a pencil and try and pry a door open with it or pry a lock open with it, you're going to break the pencil and the lock, you know? Um, when you use a pencil to write with, that's what a pencil is created, then it's free. You know, when, when a thing is used for the purpose for which it was made, then it's free. All right? So we find our happiness and fulfillment. Everything finds its happiness and fulfillment when it reaches the goal for which it was made. So flowers, when they're blooming, animals and eating, sleeping, and a good hunt. And men find their happiness, their true happiness in freely loving God and neighbor as Jesus taught us to love to the end. And the saints are the ones who give us this example. And this is why Scott Hahn, when he was becoming, when he became a Catholic, he said, you know, one of the greatest secrets, one of the best kept secrets of the, of the Catholic Church in terms of one of the most hidden and veiled, I mean, one of the things that they don't let the world know about are the saints. <laughs> the saints. Why? Because the saints are those who fully live this union with God here on earth. And they found joy. They found true joy. Can there be joy in suffering? Well, we have an example, a recent one, of Blessed Franz Jagenstadter of Austria, and they made a movie of him. Now, I don't know how true the movie was to life and if it really portrayed him, the spiritual side of him, what really drove him, what really moved him, moved him to do what he did. But he, is, um, he followed his conscience and the church teaching regarding a just war, and he refused the oath to Hitler, and he was beheaded in 1943. In the days before his execution, this is what he wrote. He was in prison. I write here a few words as they come from my heart. If I write them with fettered hands, and he did, if I write them with fettered hands, it is still better than if my will were fettered. God sometimes reveals openly the strength he is able to give men who love him and do not prefer the earthly to the eternal goods. Neither prison nor fetters nor even death are capable of separating him from the love of God or of robbing him of his faith and free will. The power of God is invincible. If someone were to make such efforts to save every man from mortal sin and thus from eternal death, as they are making to free me from an earthly death, then heaven would surely already have come on this earth. There were many people who were really working, you know, petitioning the government not to put this man to death and to let him. And he didn't refuse to serve in the military. He said, I will serve as a, as, as a, um, a medic. I will help the sick, but I won't carry a gun. I will not carry a gun for Hitler and I won't take an oath to Hitler. This is against God's will. I can't do this. And it was on that basis, on the basis of his knowing his religion, knowing his faith and knowing that we can only serve the Lord our God. We have to put him first and we can't put another person or a government or our country. No, none of that takes precedence over God. I, I, I really, it's really tragic when I hear people say certain political leaders are going to save America. No, they're not. You know, no, no man is going to save America. 
No woman is going to save America. No, no mere creature is going to save America. Only God will save America. And that's only if we turn away from our sins and turn back to God. If we do penance for our sins and make reparation for our sins, confession, communions of reparation, Eucharistic holy hours, all of our prayers, the doing of our duty every day, being faithful to the duties of our state and life. We're going to go on here about the joy. How do we know about the joy that Franz experienced? Here he is. He's in prison. He's awaiting death, right? The prison chaplain, chaplain later wrote a letter to his widow testifying to the strength and fortitude of purpose of blessed Franz that he had never seen anyone go to the guillotine with such calm, luminous joy as Franz. It was the joy of a child returning to his father's house in the fullness of faith and in the consciousness, loving, in the conscious, conscious, loving, total surrender of self to the loving will of the Father. This, do we get it? Oh no, we're coming to a break. We're, we're going to have to finish this on the other side of the break. Oh my goodness, this is exciting stuff. Can we know joy in the midst of suffering? In the will of God, we can. We're going to finish reading this after the break. So don't go away and have your friends and family join us here on Bible with the Barber, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And if you would like to make a donation, call 877-526-2151. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, Call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. So we're talking about God's will for our sanctification and holiness. And that we will find joyfulness in this obedience to God. This is where we find our true freedom. Our freedom is in obeying God's holy will, in doing his will, in keeping the commandments, in doing the duties of our state and life, and doing him for love. So what do we have? We're talking about Franz Jagenstadter, the, the blessed Franz Jagenstadter. He's been beatified. He was beheaded in 1943 because he would not take the oath to Hitler. He, he said, now he, he refused um, because he said, no, this is not right. Hitler, Hitler's cause is not just. It's, it's not. It's not in accord with God's holy will. So we talked about the... Um, the prison chaplain, we read a little of Francis last, one of his, what he wrote while he was in prison. And then the prison chaplain's, what he wrote to Francis' wife about his calm, luminous joy. Okay. And then he go, the, the chaplain wrote, it was the joy of a child returning to his father's house in the fullness of faith and in the consciousness, in the conscious, loving, total surrender of self to the loving will of the father. And that understanding that the Father loves us and that what he wants for us is best for us and that we have perfect confidence in him because he's our Father and he loves us. Of course, Franz had to struggle through to this freedom. We, to get to this point of freedom, we have to fight with ourselves. We have to deny ourselves, okay? So how did he do this? And this to this freedom and joy of surrender. By, he did it by unremitting prayer and meditation on sacred scripture. How do we know that? His American cellmates testified to this. He had American cellmates with him. 
And after the war, they weren't being executed because they weren't, you know, Austrian and they weren't German. They, they were just, they were prisoners of war. So they testified to the fact that he was constantly praying and meditating on scriptures. It was a matter of fact, it was those American cellmates of his who initiated the beatification process for, for Franz. They believed the, him to be a saint because of the joy. And not only, not only because of his prayer, but how, how was he with his neighbor? But even with his own personal struggles, Jesus so strengthened him that he was always ready to help others through a consoling word or a gift of his meager portion of bread. They're feeding him on starvation rations, and here he is giving up his for, for someone else. And he would console men. He would try to console them in the midst of this darkness. Yeah, they, he reached out to his brothers. Remember Bishop Sheen's little poem? I sought my God, but my God I could not see. I sought myself, but myself eluded me. I sought my neighbor, and I found all three. And then he would say, go out and serve your neighbor. We need to serve one another out of love for God because God loves us all. Franz bore faithfully to the end his dignity as a disciple of Jesus Christ and the royal freedom of a child of God. Do we live in the freedom of, as children, as God's very dear? Do we behave like God as his very dear children? Do we live in the freedom of the children of God, which is freedom from sin? And you know, when we're free from sin, then love becomes perfect in us and we're free from fear. We don't have to live in fear. We can live in trust. And even though we're sinners and even though we fall, we trust in the merciful love of God to free us from sin and to wash away our sins, to come back to Jesus every time and say, I am sorry, I am sorry. Daily examination of conscience and more than just once a day. You know, to, at the beginning of the day to make the resolve, I'm going to live for God, to stop during the day to say, how am I doing? Maybe recollect and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I need help here. I'm kind of falling down. And then at the end of the day, examine our conscience and say our act of contrition. And again, resolve that tomorrow I will do it again. I, um, somebody, one of my daughters, I think, put on a, a refrigerator the sign, a sign that says, courage is not always a lion that roars. But the simple, res the simple resolve that says at the end of the day, I will try again tomorrow. I may have misquoted that a little bit, but the, the point, courage isn't always a lion that roars. But that unremitting resolve at the end of the day, no matter what's happened, I'm going to try again tomorrow. I give myself to God anew every moment of every day. So we have this childlike trust in the solicitous love of the Father. So besides loving obedience and surrender, the love and care of God, our merciful Father, also elicits the trusting confidence and love of his children in Christ. So in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2777, it talks about the Our Father and the beginning of it. Our Father, how dare we say that? We're talking to God. How dare we say our father? And Peter Chrysologus, in the catechism quotes this, he, he, in a sermon he said, when would a mortal dare call God father if man's innermost being were not animated by power from on high? 
And the, the paragraph goes on. This power of the spirit who introduces us to the Lord's prayer is expressed in the liturgies of the East and the West by the beautiful, characteristically Christian expression, parousia, which means what? Straightforward simplicity, filial trust, assurance, humble boldness, the certainty of being loved. And that's paragraph 2778. And what are the scripture passages that give us this boldness, this certainty of being loved? Well, we have Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent his spirit, excuse me, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. We dare to do so because God himself sent his spirit and because Jesus taught us to. Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and confidence of access through our faith in him. Ephesians 3, boldness, we have boldness and confidence in access. We have in Christ, boldness and confidence and access through our faith in him. Hebrews 3.6, but Christ was faithful over God's house as son. And we are his house if we hold fast our confidence and pride in our hope. Not a pride that rebels against God, but a joyful acceptance of God's mercy and goodness toward us, that he has called us to be his dearly beloved children. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 10.19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus. Okay, all of this is talking about this confidence we should have in God. Don't hesitate. You know, <sighs> what did Jesus say? I didn't come to save the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. Jesus isn't ashamed of us because we sin. He won't be ashamed of us unless we're ashamed of him. He loves us. And if we will throw ourselves on his mercy, he's dying. Literally, he died on the cross to free us from sin and to forgive us. He really wants to forgive us our sins. And we have then in 1 John, the first letter of John, we have several quotes from the first letter of John, 2.28 and now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Abide in him. Abide in him. And let him abide in us. Change the subject of our meditation. Instead of going over and over again the hurts and the things that people say that hurt us and the things that, um, it, whatever, that we've done that are wrong, we don't have to look at ourselves or others. We look to Christ. We look to God, the Father, and all that he has done for us, and we have confidence. 
John 3.21, 1 John, that's 1 John, the first letter of John 3.21. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So we keep his law. And when we keep the, God's law and, and unite our will to his and ask him for that grace to love, right? My God, let me love you. As a matter of fact, Tres of Lezu prayed, my God, lend me your love with which to love you, that you may be loved as you deserve. And then she prayed, Jesus, lend me your heart with which to love my neighbor, that I may love my neighbor as you commanded. And then 1 John 5.14. And this is the confidence which we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Are we asking according to his will? Or are we asking for the things of this world in order to squander them on our flesh? Do we just want comfort and ease in this world? Is that what we're looking for? Is that what we're desiring? Well, then we're going to have a hard time of it with God because God didn't make us for comfort and ease in this world. And he didn't make us for suffering. He made us for union with him. When God made Adam and Eve, they walked in the garden in the cool of the day with their God. They're the ones who sin. We're the ones who sin. And nobody can excuse ourselves. And we don't have to take responsibility for everybody else's sins. We just need to repent of our own sins, you know? I don't have to bear the burden of the world's sins. Jesus did that. But I do have to repent. I do have to take responsibility for my own sin. You know, sometimes we've done things in this world that, that cause a lot of disruption in a family or uh, relationships. And so there, it constantly comes up because of certain circumstances. And then we're like, well, everybody's always punishing me and persecuting me because I messed up. Well, no, they're not actually. <laughs> Life has a way of bringing up the way we messed up. And so it constantly comes up. And it's not that everybody's persecuting us. It's just life reminding us that, you know what? Yeah, you messed up. It's okay. We give ourselves confidently to God and ask for his mercy and his grace. And every time it comes up, we just again humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. That's how I am without your grace. I'll mess up again. Help me out. Watch out for me today, Lord, lest I betray you. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, August the 11th, Feast of St. Clair. St. Clair, please pray for us. And we're talking about God's will, God's will for our sanctification and holiness, that we be holy as the Lord our God is holy. Be holy for the Lord your God is holy. Um, the scripture admonishes us, and that's God's holy word. God is speaking to us. So thank you, all the radio stations, all the social media platforms that we're on. Um, remember that we have our own website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. You can go on there and, and uh, click on our shows and listen to our shows and our podcasts. We also have the radio app. We have an app on um, the iPhone. You can just go to the app store and type in Virgin Most Powerful radio and you'll the app will come up and see a beautiful picture of our blessed mother excuse me so here we are talking about god's will for us and that because his will is for us to be sanctified and made holy and he intends to do that we should have complete tr confidence in him complete trust in him as as little children and we talked about the example of blessed franz jagenstadter 
and also there are many, many other saints in the Catholic Church, beginning, you know, beginning at the beginning, beginning in the Old Testament, actually, but, but also beginning with our Blessed Mother, most especially, the, she was the, the highest of all saints. She is the mother of God. She became the mother of God. Mother's mother persons, not natures. And she is truly the mother of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Jesus Christ is truly God made man. He's not some admixture of, um, he's not some admixture of human and divine, some third type of creature that God thought up as an extra afterthought or no, he's the second person of the Blessed Trinity who truly took to himself a human nature a human body, a human intellect, a human will. And he lived among us. And then he offered his life for us on the cross. You see the crucifix behind me, and there's a reason for that. Let's keep our eyes on the cross and keep our eyes fixed on Christ and have our confidence in him. So we're going to read a little from, I read a little from the um, Catechism of the Catholic Church that the only reason we dare to call God Father is because we have this anointing from on high, right? He sent the spirit of his son into our, into our hearts, so we cry out, Abba, Father, and Jesus taught us to pray. He said, when you pray, you say, our Father, that we can call God Father. <clears throat> so, Therese of Lezou, um, who, the doctor of the church of the little way, and what is this little way, this way of trusting, a childlike trust before God. And Therese writes, to remain little re means recognizing one's own nothingness, expecting everything from the good God, as a little child expects everything from his father. It means to be disquieted about nothing, nor to worry about amassing spiritual riches. I have always remained little, having no other ambition but to collect little flowers of love and sacrifice and offer them to the good God for his pleasure. Again, to say little means not attributing the virtues we practice to ourselves under the impression that we are capable of such things, but to recognize that the good God places these treasures of virtue in the hand of his little child for him to use as he needs it, and that it remains God's treasure. So everything is a gift. Our life is a gift. Our faith, hope, and charity are a gift. Our desire to serve God is a gift. It is God who begets in you any measure of desire or accomplishment. Lord, it is you who have accomplished all things we have done, it says in the prophet in the Old Testament. <clears throat> so what does this mean, to remain a child before God? Therese of Lezou goes on. We must do everything that, that, is, with, that is within us. Give without counting the cost. Practice the virtues at every opportunity. Conquer ourselves all the time and prove our love by every sort of tenderness and loving attention. So that we discipline our minds to be lovingly attentive to the presence of God. I know you're there. You're with me. You're watching me. You're, you're taking care of me. You're taking care of my family. You'll take care of this problem. You'll take care of this need. You'll help this person who's suffering because you are a good God. You're a good father. You're going to do this. That we mental, instead of complaining about things and thinking about the most horrible way it's going to turn out, we look to God and with confidence put our trust in him and, and exercise some discipline over our wild imaginations and our wandering minds and bring our thoughts into focus on the Lord. You know, 
Cease the inner dialogue and change the subject of our meditation. Instead of going over and over again in our mind, all the hurts and how people hurt us and the ramifications of that, we look to God and say, Lord, nothing can happen that you don't allow. So I offer this to you and you have a purpose for it. And I want to praise you and to glorify you, to worship you and to bless you. Tres of Lezu had an example of a sacrifice. She used to make sacrifices ever from a childhood. She was taught to make sacrifices. But <clears throat> once she was... Um, uh, it was interesting. She had, when she was a child one time, she, they came in from a walk and she was very thirsty and she asked for a glass of water. And her sister said, well, are you willing to sacrifice that for, for love of Jesus? And she said, yes, I'll, I'll make that sacrifice. And then her sister brought her a glass of water and said, now, Trez, I want you to drink this water. And she says, but then, then don't I lose my sacrifice? I lose my sacrifice. I was going to sacrifice that. She said, no, if, if you, you made the sacrifice already, you already made the act of the will to give up the water. Now you gain the virtue of obedience by obeying me and drinking the water. So you get a double, double bonus there. Um, there was a time when she was in the convent and, you know, she had her older sisters were in the convent too. And one day she just had this tremendous, tremendous desire to run and see her sister, one of her older sisters. But it wasn't time and it wasn't the, she wasn't supposed to do that. So she, she grabbed onto the, um, what do you call it? The stairway, the, the railing, the railing at the stairway and hung on to it and said, no, I'm not going to do this, Lord. Give me the strength to do what I'm supposed to do in this moment and not run off and, and visit with my sister. And she conquered herself and she offered that sacrifice to Jesus. You see, when you get up in the morning to cheerfully greet the Lord and then cheerfully greet your children and your husband or your family members, whoever it is you're living with, you know, we get up in the morning. Sometimes we feel pretty lousy, whatever reason we're sick, we're not well, uh, we ate something that upset us. Um, we didn't have a good night's sleep for whatever reason. And, and we can wake up feeling pretty lousy. But come let us sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Psalm 95. It's one of the psalms that the church prays in the morning. Come let us, no matter how we feel, the church is rejoicing in a new day in which to serve the Lord. The church is our mother, remember? She teaches us to rejoice. And so we make this sacrifice to the Lord, the first sacrifice, that I will rejoice today no matter how I feel. I will to take delight in the good that I see in God, even if I feel like there's no goodness in the world. Even if I feel like it's dark, I will to take delight in God, who is good and who is light, who is beauty, who is truth. Act of the will. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to change the way I feel. But I make the act of the will. St. Francis de Sales said that if we do that, if we will to take, if we acknowledge the good we see in God and will to take delight in it, it will open our soul to be flooded with God's grace. St. Francis de Sales is a doctor of the church. He's one of those saints you can read about who conquered himself and his own tendencies towards sin in order to live for Christ. Just like Paul, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Thomas, Philip, James, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, Jude, Thaddeus, and Matthias, and all the other saints of the ages, our Blessed Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalene. You know, Blessed Mother, she had her own plans about life too. She was going to be a virgin, and how could she be a mother? She, and yet God came and asked her to be the virgin mother of his son. She remained a virgin before, during, and after birth. So she's a vir she is virgin mother. And this is, yes, she didn't ever think she would be a mother. And here, 
God said, you will be the mother of my son, and therefore you will be the mother of all mankind, the spiritual mother of all mankind. And on the cross, Jesus said to John, he said to Mary, woman, behold thy son. And to John, he said, behold thy mother. John was representing all of us, that we now Mary would be the mother of us all. Now she is the woman, the woman of Genesis, the woman. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between her seed and your seed. It will strike at your head while you strike at its heel. Christ and Mary crush the head of the serpent. Mary does it by the power of Christ. She is the woman, the one human being who Satan could not touch or ever get near. He couldn't even tempt her because she loved God so much and God protected her because he was, she is his mother. In a word, we must carry out all the good works that lie within our power out of love for God. All the good works that lie within our power and within the duties of our state in life out of love for God. But it is truly essential to put our whole trust in him who alone can sanctify our work. Only God can sanctify our work. It is God who sanctifies us. God who makes us holy. We can indeed sanctify, who? God can indeed sanctify us without works since he may even bring forth children of Abraham from these very stones. It is necessary for us when we have done all that we can to confess, as it says in the gospel, as Jesus told his apostles, when you've done everything that I've commanded you, you are to say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done no more than our duty. Whilst hoping that God in his grace will give us all that we need, that is the way of childhood. So we follow the way of spiritual childhood. We look to God as our loving father and we want to live in his will, to live in God's holy will. And we want to live in union with God. And we do that by, first we give up sin. And then being vigilant with our thoughts and with our actions and over our unruly, concupiscible appetites. <laughs> you know, that all, the, all the appetites of the body. The body has lots of things. You know, we want to just eat three hot fudge sundays or we want to just indulge our flesh our uh, the the you know our flesh and have a comfortable life and what is god calling us to what are god's what is god's will for us in this moment so his will for us is that we live in his grace and that we be free from sin and free from the slavery to the devil so go to confession um make Visits to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Go to Mass every day if you can, but at least on Sunday. And pray every day. Pray every day for the grace of final perseverance. And that, you know, Lord Jesus, come and give us your Holy Spirit and fill us with your light and your love and work in us to accomplish all that you desire to accomplish through us, in and through us. And I want to thank all of those of you who listen, all of those the radio stations that pick us up and all of the social media platforms and for all the work that's done here by our staff and our volunteers and all of those who support us. All of your financial support and your prayers and your sufferings. Come back again next week and join us.